3: Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
1: Hey
4: guys, it's Candace. And Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Oh,
2: yeah, we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we
4: don't. No, we don't. (laughs) But that's okay. It is. It's okay. We remind ourselves every week. It's okay. Well, I want to start this episode off by singing a little tune. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. is it Broadway? Are, Kayla's coming back you, out? Is it ready? from Joseph and the
2: Technicolor Dreamcoat? <laughs> it it because, is not,
4: but it is from your second favorite. You know, one of
2: these days I'm going to need a performance of that.
4: It's even better. Are you ready, Candice? Oh, yeah. There's no words to it. It's just a feel a little melody.
2: I'm on the edge of my seat.
4: Go, California. California, Here (laughs)
2: we come. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We are in California. We are doing a dream episode today, guys, about a little show from the early aughts. You might have heard of it called
4: The O.C., which... Kayla Yule, you were on. I did three episodes of the OC. I did a few episodes of the Vampire Diaries. This is a culmination of two of my favorite pieces of work coming together. This episode truly is so much fun. You guys, we are sitting down with Rachel Pilson and Melinda Clark. Melinda, we both know Candace from the Vampire Diaries. Rachel, we know I know a little bit, but not so much. And I am such a fangirl of hers. This is so fun to be able to sit down and have a conversation with her. What was your experience, Candace, watching the OC? I mean, it was everything. I also was living in LA
2: at the time I just moved here. So I just was so starstruck by all of Hollywood, anything on TV and then being out and about and seeing anyone from TV was just mind blowing to me. You know, I would pick up every us weekly. I'd follow all the stars of the OC, you know, in the magazines every week. Um, I so desperately wanted to be them. The only thing I could afford were the spray tans. I never had a juicy suit and I never had a sidekick. But OMG, I had some really, really wild spray tans that I can even post some photos of on our social media, just for clarification, in case you don't believe me. But Kayla, what about you? You actually were an actress at the time. You got to work on this huge pop culture phenomenon TV show at a really pivotal moment within the series as
4: well. What was it like to get that job? Yeah, it was really fun. I was going to college at the same time uh, at Loyola Marymount University here in L.A. and had gone. gotten In the audition and thought, oh my, I just remember being a fan of the show because I wasn't on it until season three. And there are very few times as an actor that you go out for a show that you're an actual fan of. And so I was very excited to do so and read the sides and could not get enough of it. And I just remember... Oddly enough, not being that nervous, and I think um, I had some finals happening at the same time, and there there was just a lot happening in life, and so I went in, did it, came back, and all my roommates at the time were so excited too because they loved the show, and then getting the call and truly being like, wow, this is happening, and we had so little money because we were living on our college budgets, scraping together money to go out to dinner to celebrate, and it was truly uh, one of those times in my life I'll never forget, and. Yeah, it was just, it was just a lovely, lovely experience. And um, did you watch the show with your friends when it aired? Oh, of course. Yes, of course. All of our friends came over. It was like um, a massive little screening, I guess. One of my first screenings in my (laughs) time. I had the tiniest little TV in my, um, I guess it was a tiny little apartment on campus. So not technically a dorm room, but the smallest TV ever. And so many people packed into my tiny little apartment. And it was really fun. That's so fun. Oh, Oh, back. Back in the day, oh, back oh, in the day, oh, I love it. I
2: love it. Well, we're also going to be speaking. Uh, so, Melinda Clark, who uh, Kayla you just mentioned, also was an actress on The Vampire Diaries. She played your mom, yes. and she actually was almost a real life mom to me temporarily. You'll hear us discuss that I actually moved in with Melinda for a month uh, during a hiatus between uh, season one and season two of Vampire Diaries. So, uh, we, we, she uh, goes by Mindy to her close BFFs. So, uh, right. you know, we're cool like that. We, we all call her Mindy because we're cool. You know, we're cool like Rachel
4: Bill so We can call her Mindy too. I feel like there's so many parallels between these two shows. And we've learned that throughout our interview with Rachel and Mindy. And now we're all fellow podcasters and we're moms. And there's so many things that we can all connect on. So in case you are of the youth, as I like to call uh, the younger
2: generation. And you actually don't know what The O.C. is. It is a TV show that was on for four seasons from 2003 to 2007. Um, Rachel Bilson played the part of Summer Roberts while Melinda Clark played the part Julie Cooper who was the mother of Misha Barton's character Marissa Cooper the OC followed the lives of affluent families living in California's Orange County after a troubled young man is adopted into one of their homes dun 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 um, it's excellent it w- there are 92 episodes um, I highly recommend watching it you can stream it nowadays and just have like a wonderful OC binge but why we wanted to sit down with Rachel and Melinda today is because they have a new podcast called Welcome to the OC Bitches, which is the ultimate OC rewatch podcast. Each week, they're taking you back to a particular episode where they're sharing behind the scenes scoops and interviews uh, with guests who were a part of the OC experience. Uh, We cannot wait to interview them about what it's like to be rewatching a show that meant so much to them in their lives. So without further ado, here they are, Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark. And we are back with Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark. Um, ladies, we are so excited to be sitting down with you guys today. Um, not only for the obvious tie-in that Kayla was actually on the OC. And uh, and everyone has been talking about your new podcast. But I want to just start off with, you know, I sat down to listen to it. And the first thing that I hear is the instrumental from phantom planets, California, just coming on. And it immediately brought me back to like the early aughts. And I just felt like I could breathe. I felt like I was driving down the PCH and I had like all the hope and like all the life ahead of me. And it literally made me feel like I was a kid again. What does hearing that song make you guys feel like? Cause it's <laughs> gotta have an immediate reaction. Oh, yeah, for
0: sure. I think the biggest thing with the OC is the theme song. You know, it's like (laughs) the first thing that takes you back and... I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe Phantom Planet's okay with that, that that song will forever be tied to the show. But it's definitely
5: the biggest trigger, I think. Wouldn't you say, Mindy? Like, it's just... I kind of just got on Instagram this year because of the podcast. And I recorded myself dancing to it for like 40, 60 seconds and <laughs> put it on my stories. And that's how it makes me feel. I just dance to the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a good
2: feeling. <laughs> yeah. It is a good feeling, especially you're right. There aren't that many. I feel like Friends has, you know, the song that comes yeah. on the beginning and you think of it and like, right. Absolutely. like, but it's rare from that time. I think that a song can can be so defined by a series mm-hmm. and which just goes to show how defining your guys is the series
4: that you were on was and still is
0: well geez
4: yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and not only re-listening to the music but re-watching yourselves 18 years later what is that experience like it's got to be nostalgic but is it are there moments that you cringe and moments you cry it just must bring up everything
0: oh it's a permanent cringe cringe I mean the first season for sure is permanent cringe I I'm like Mindy and I have talked a lot about the bronzer Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, just like the look. I mean, for me, because look, Mindy, you were in your 30s. I mean, you're gorgeous always and forever. But like at 21 and now 39, watching my 21-year-old self, I'm like, oh, dear Lord. Like, it's just a little
4: terrifying for me in many ways. Was it a fake tan? Like a fake tan bronzer? or? yeah. A lot oh of my fame. gosh. Yes. Yeah,
5: bronzer. I have skin cancer in my family. So it was, <laughs> but they very specifically asked me to go to that spray tan. You remember the spray tan booth oh, yeah. where you would stand yes. in there? Yes. And, and do and, like the. <laughs> Right.
0: We talked about friends
4: anyway.
5: <laughs> yeah, I would do it at night and then sleep in it. And I kid you not, I would wake up with crazy bumps all over my skin. And <gasps> I'm sure it's gotten better now. But at some point, I finally said, I can't do this. It just makes me smell bad. And right. so we started doing it with makeup. But as you see this, as the series goes on, you can tell that the skin gets a little bit um, more um, ivory. Less orange. (laughs) Less orange.
4: Less less orange, right? We like that look. (laughs) Yeah. The more natural look. But also the
0: hair and the makeup kind of gets a little more tame as well as the show goes on,
5: I think. Right.
4: Well, it's a very specific look. Yes. Right. right. It's a very specific... part of the world that has a very specific look but you guys were trendsetters you started as much as you look back and hate the, seeing those trends a lot of people copied that so you know you made a lot of teenagers orange or also <laughs> i
0: think misha really popularized the ug right right that's <laughs> yes. true it's popularized oh gosh, the word? Like, exactly. yeah i, I will not accept so. it it is definitely acceptable. I make in up words. Stage, I make up words all the time. The other day, I'm like, "It's, it's self-explanatory," and they're and they're like, "It's explanatory." Anyway, that's what you need today. Sorry.
5: How old were you? I mean, come on, you were a kid, right? How old I were was.
2: You? I would have been. I would have been. Um, I was sixteen, seventeen. Oh, so you yeah. wasn't like you super were young. There. You were Misha's but, age. Yeah. And So I was had just moved to LA. And so I literally like left Orlando, Florida just with like blonde hair and just wearing like Abercrombie and Fitch and (laughs) my pale, pale skin, even in Florida. And then I like came back from my high school graduation with bright red hair, a full spray tan, (laughs) walking in with sunglasses and like a Starbucks latte, which I thought was like so badass to know what a (laughs) latte was. And uh, but I lived in the spray tan booth. I read us weekly all the time i wore uggs and jean skirts because that was a whole thing like wearing Mm -hmm. a very tiny jean skirt with like very comfortable Mm -hmm. hot sweaty uggs in the valley in the heat of the summer
4: (laughs) yeah i'll never forget i did an episode for you guys with you guys and um wardrobe gave me this incredible set of uggs that i'm not lying i still have to this day i've gotten them (laughs) resold because wow. they are genuinely so cool. And yet, I've yet yet—I've never seen them and I've never seen anyone wear them. And I feel like you guys had this really amazing opportunity where people would give clothes to the show that maybe weren't even made or weren't even developed yet or they were trying. I don't know. What was that experience like? And did you have a lot of say into what your character wore? Oh, gosh.
5: I mean, I always looked at... In the beginning, they were dressing me kind of older, you know they because I was young, although I guess I was thirty two when it started thirty three when it started, mm-hmm. yeah. but um Josh has said that we it, there was a note that they wanted my character to be dressed a lot older to make it um I guess plausible. But as the show went on, I said, you know, I grew up in Orange County, and in Orange County, the moms and the daughters they look like sisters. they do so I would see what. Misha and Rachel were wearing and I'm like, why am I wearing, I mean, I love St. John, but I thought that it was a little too old for me with this ads and such, but I, but I started wearing more cute tops, you know, the tunic tops and the, and the, and the citizens jeans, that kind of thing as the show goes on. I definitely, but I also took more risks um, for Julie than I would have personally like Cavalli and big, bright colors and such like that. But Yeah. Rachel, do you, did you get to pick, did you give a lot of,
0: I, you know, I think I was just like, Hey, what, what are you putting me in? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't think I really uh, had much input,
5: but we know that Misha definitely had connections to Chanel and Mm -hmm. Missoni and she was given, or I don't know if they were given or lent, but she definitely had a lot of designer items that were pretty coveted or possibly not out there yet
4: and only she specifically could wear it right right i think so
5: yeah yeah chanel for sure right Right. Right. yes there's there's some pretty famous ones that's
2: great yeah we did not have any of that glamour on our series it was just jeans tank tops (laughs) and a jacket leather (laughs) jacket that's it it was like everyone wore kind of the same thing um okay obviously you know you guys have talked about the like getting the job and what that felt like we all know that The OC had such a quick trajectory and became such a staple in pop culture at that time. And it really elevated everyone's level of success, not only in having a job, but then also really being pushed into the limelight. Uh, When did you guys know, oh, this isn't just a show that people watch and kind of like, this is a whole cultural movement and everybody's watching. When did that moment kind of strike you? Especially at such young ages. What
0: we've talked about this when it kind of hit us, right, Mindy? Do we agree that it was
5: that event? That first event, because it was only (laughs) a. We started, if you all remember, American Idol, I think, started the same year, and we followed American Idol. And within a month, we had some of our highest ratings, like close to 15 million. But uh, we did an event. Um, We shot at Manhattan Beach, uh, Raleigh Studios in Manhattan Beach. And they took us all from work to go to this little signing event, some fan event. And we came over the hill and we each had, they put us all each in an individual cars. And as we came over the hill, it wasn't a few hundred people. It was waves of thousands of people screaming and we all thought we all have um, reflected on this and had this a moment of what are, what is this? What are we doing? What's going on? And that was literally just a month into shooting or sorry, a month into the show being aired. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes.
4: You know, there's a lot of similarities between uh, the OC and how it hit. It was just this massive amount of instant fame and the vampire diaries being, you know, this massive amount of instant fame in the vampire craze. It's just two different eras. And so I'm wondering too, and Candace roping you into this question as well, like how does it feel to have it? What, what amount of pressure do you feel to have that instantaneous? Do you go from zero to a hundred overnight essentially? And that's gotta be, difficult excited there's so many emotions that swirl around with that Look, now looking back do you would you guys have changed how you handled it or was it what was the experience like take us through it i mean first i'm so grateful that
0: instagram social media didn't exist when all of that happened i think it would have been a totally different experience in a lot of ways um i was 21 at the time again like adam ben misha like that kind of crew of people being peers ish me. She was a little younger, which still blows my mind that she was 16 and going through all this. Um, we had each other and we were kind of like riding through it together, which felt very supportive and cool. Um, but again, had social media been around, I don't know what would have happened, but for me it was, it just was like, it wasn't um, I can't think of like a negative thing about it, I think a lot of that also attributes to how I was raised and stuff, but
2: do you have family in the business, Rachel? I do.
0: Yeah. Um, my whole dad's side of the family, someone is somewhere in the business. (laughs) Um, so I grew up on sets and blah, 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 all that crap, but, um, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And Mindy's dad also, you know, she grew up with your dad
5: was a soap opera star. Yeah. And he made a very conscious decision to not live in Los Angeles. And we lived in Mm -hmm. the O.C. in Data Point. But I think your question about the fame, this was one of the number one questions I had when Rachel and I started the podcast. I want to talk to you being one of the core four as the young people, because, of course, they got so much more attention than the adults did. And that's, you know, just normal. And I was, you know, CG says, hi, by the way, Candace, she's 21. That (laughs) blows my mind. I cannot believe that. Uh, (laughs) But CG was three when it started. And it was, I, you know, work was almost a respite from being a young mom. I'd go home, do domestic and I'd work maybe three, maybe four days a week. And it was just the perfect job. And it was in LA and it wasn't Atlanta or Toronto or, you know, and for me, it was more like watching on the outside of the attention that everyone got. And and now that we know that it was a very difficult time for, for Misha, she's been publicly talking about it. Ben has said in an interview that it was like a rocket ship. I don't think he was prepared for the amount of fame. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've read that, that Adam has said, you know, he felt kind of insulated. You know, sometimes when you live in LA and you're on a very popular show, It's an industry show, you know, or it's an industry town. So it doesn't feel overwhelming in that. You guys were in Atlanta. Did you feel when your show was very, very popular and you guys did what nine seasons? Whoa. Eight. Yeah. Eight seasons. Did you feel you and you were doing it together? Did you feel insulated in that
2: or I call it the traveling circus that never traveled anywhere. Um, <laughs> but the blessing was that same. I was uh, 21 as well, Rachel. And hmm. um, there was no social media. There was Twitter, but okay. um, there was no Instagram for the first majority of our time there um and it felt like because we were out of la it was easy to forget that we were on a, a show that people right. watched it all right um so i think what helped obviously nina ian and paul being the trifecta that they were they got the brunt of it um kind of during the first break of the of the series like our first hiatus i think that they saw like how big the show was where the rest of us were just, you know, hanging out in Atlanta and it ended up being a really big blessing for me because when I was in LA, I was very into going to the clubs. I was like (laughs) so starstruck by the whole LA Hollywood experience and was very grateful to like go back. I had family in Atlanta. You know, we were all as a cast hanging out at my aunt's lake house, you know, tubing. And it was really fun. And we were kind of this family, especially with the crew as well. And so uh, there wasn't this like constant Feeding of like, you're in the industry and there's events and there's carpets and then here's a gifting suite and here's this. It was, hey, what football game's playing this weekend? Whose place are we going to to watch it? You know, which wine bar are we all going to meet up right. at? Like, that was more the there was socializing. Like lot of, yeah,
0: normalcy to it. Because a lot of normalcy. Yeah.
2: You make a really, really good point because. Mm-hmm.
5: To be seen, you have public when when you're on a show that's very popular. To be seen, you need to go to those red carpets, which are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They're not on the weekends. And you choose to go to those, and it might be a school night, and you have to think of it as work. You show up, get your picture taken, go to bed to be up the next day. So, Rachel, I don't, I'm sure you were invited to those things constantly, and you probably have to make the choice. Nope, I'm not doing that one. Or you have to be selective and you have to have a, a very, very clear head on your shoulders of like what the balance is of your responsibility to publicity, which Warner Brothers demanded, or that was part of your job that you had to go to certain events mm-hmm. and you had to be at work at 530 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely... So being in Atlanta, you didn't always have to do those things. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, never,
2: (laughs) (laughs) never, never. It was instead, we were like the same time we really got to know each other, Mindy and and Kayla. We all got to know each other. We Mm -hmm. went to a lake or a uh, cabin. Oh, my gosh. It was for, (laughs) I think, like Matt Davis's birthday. And uh, a whole group of us went to a cabin and had like a wonderful weekend, you know, in the Georgia mountains. You know, like that was our... I want that. I want that yeah,
5: it was really cool <laughs> Rachel I don't know if you know this so so Kayla played my daughter on the Vampire Diaries behind, but your character right. had died. already turned died by the time I came on Then right. I did the I was talking about a bad mom but then <laughs> when um the I done I did the pilot for Nikita and then um during hiatus Candace came and lived with me what at in Sherman yeah. Oaks <laughs> we're like what a month for the summer I can't for remember. a month well how yes. do you guys know each other because of vampire diaries yeah 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 she 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 was hiatus and I said come stay at my house with me and my with that's me and so CG. cool no wonder I was like oh well, you obviously know CG
2: well
0: and I was trying to put it together
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I know Mindy took me in I uh had had a, a roommate situation like a temporary roommate situation that fell out um and, uh, and then I ran into Mindy and she was like, just come stay with me. I'd Aww. like all my stuff in the car. And, uh, and so I got to hang out with CG. I was explaining what I remember specifically, uh, I mentioned like a CD and she was like, what's a CD. Oh, she God. only knew like an iPod oh, at the time. And right? I was like, this is a big <laughs> moment. <laughs>
5: yeah. do you remember? And then Steven McQueen, like everybody mm-hmm. would come to my house at the time oh, and, yeah. and we'd go on CG's trampoline.
2: Yes, a lot of front flips were on that trampoline, <laughs> maybe a few sequins from a, outfits that I was wearing doing front flips in sequins. Um, but I specifically just even, which what one of my questions I wanted to ask you is, obviously, Rachel, you mentioned that you were 21 when the show started. And um, and obviously, when, when a show becomes very successful uh, in that environment, there can be a lot of yes people around. There can right. be... Um, it's hard to kind of grow and develop in an environment where everyone is telling you how wonderful everything is and putting all this adult pressure on you, but then you're kind of getting handed everything you want, like a, like a child. And so I found that experience um, pretty relevant to my life at the start of Vampire Diaries and even reflected in like, you know, Mindy, when I was staying with you, I look back at like, I just was like kind of a you know, spoiled young girl that like didn't realize like staying with people, like cleaning up after my own dishes and, (sighs) you know, maybe staying out a little late and, and just, you know, behaviors that happen when you're younger and then you realize when you're an adult and you've got your own kids where you're like oh my goodness thank goodness I had wonderful people around me like some of our producers or Mindy who gave me like really good advice and you know wasn't just kind of brushing it off but I felt like really you know talked to me and kind of helped me grow Mm -hmm. and, um, that I definitely have that perspective of appreciation now in my thirties with children and with, you know, teenagers and (laughs) I have in my house. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute.
1: From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
4: Moonpig.com It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good
2: Are there things you look back on where you're, you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that when I was younger or said that, but then also you have some grace for yourself. Um, Given the circumstances, I I, and this is based off of, I know you had talked with Tate Donovan on your show.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. When he called all the kids knuckleheads. Is that what the word is? (laughs) I don't (laughs) know if it was knuckleheads. (laughs) Well, he did. Yeah.
2: That was one of them. Oh,
0: maybe knuckleheads. (laughs) One of them. No, Tate and I cleared it up. It was good. I, I always, always, always have been grateful for the experience and everything we went through. There, of course, was a time being young and influenced by other people around you and things going on you know you can kind of lose uh what's the word i'm looking for just like you know lose perspective perspective sure yeah exactly um i don't think i was ever too extreme with that but i think there was definitely a moment of like oh like i can do you know a movie now if i want to and i can you know what i mean and you get caught up in kind of that part of it Uh, But it was very short lived. And I always get checked by my family or whatever it may be and my surroundings and being grounded with that. I mean, having like awesome people to look up to like Mindy, as you know, like, you know, just just having been in it for so long and being so cool and being mom and all of it Mm -hmm. also helped because you had like really cool adults to look up to and who have done it forever, you know, with Kelly and Mindy and Peter and Tate and like, what better, you know, um, mentors could one have? So there was like a mix of like, kind of losing sight, maybe for like a split second, but always coming back down to the core and like being grounded and grateful, which I still am to this day and being Josh Schwartz is literally like my brother in real life. And so I always have him to thank and also torture with what else
4: he's going to put me in. (laughs) That is something I was going to ask you guys about. What was it like to have one of the youngest show creators? Because, you know, (laughs) he is your boss, but he's also a friend and similar in age, older, younger, but very similar. Uh And so what is that dynamic like? Well, we all hung out like Josh, (laughs) we all became best friends. I introduced him to my best friend
0: and they got married and had kids and, you know, so (laughs) We were all very integrated, but we all did hang out a lot off a set, Mindy. I mean, all of us, we we had like the best time and all genuinely liked being together. Um, We were very fortunate in that way. But yeah, Josh was just one of us. And, you know, we all
5: became really good friends. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to kind of touch on what you're talking about. At 21, a lot of kids are in college experiencing, you know, being social, being out of their homes, you know, um, being away from parents, doing all of those things that you're supposed to do when you're young, which is, you know, whether you're drinking or, or experimenting, whatever you're doing with life, you do it in that, at that young age. So by the time you're ready for marriage and kids and dependence, it's out of your system. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, you have to experience life in some way. And a, being a young actor on a TV show puts you in a very responsible adult professional business, right? And at some point, if you haven't had some of those moments as just a human being growing, it might come out in other ways. I mean, we all of us here experience having to be on location in different cities and the pressure of that and having young young kids on set. I might have words of wisdom, but boy, it's been difficult, you know, to like, there've been so many times and I'm saying this based because I'm I'm giving you guys so much respect for your podcast I've been listening and I love the the fact that you're you're putting focus on self and growth and how we navigate through life in in what we do for a living and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm interested because I'm a little bit older than you guys and you're all young moms Mm -hmm. and how you're balancing that because I found it really difficult. And it was very, and, and and at some point it became very challenging for me to be, for instance, in Toronto, when CG was in California, because she wanted to stay at her school. And just recently, I've been able to really do a lot of self-reflection and growth and, and get back to a better place because the industry really did a number on me mentally, where I wasn't enjoying it so much, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Were you not enjoying it um, when it, in relevance to being a working mom? Because that's, or just in general, the way that the industry kind of become. It's the location thing. When, Mm -hmm. um, because when, um, when
5: I got to Toronto, CG was 10 and she said, okay, I want to stay at my school in, in you know, in Sherman Oaks. So I thought, you know what, I'll fly back and forth. So, which was exactly, which was fine. I was only gone maybe three weeks out of the time, but I was flying maybe 45 times in a few years going back and forth, back and forth. And at some point you're not sleeping the same time at the same moments, so you your circadian rhythms are off,
4: mm-hmm. you
5: know, um, and, and you're memorizing dialogue and there's pressure and I'm doing it because am I doing it for the joy of it or am I doing it to pay the bills? Mm-hmm. So at some point I, you know, I came home after that series and I was just wiped out. And in fact, I was offered, I believe, to come back to Vampire Diaries right after Nikita was over, which I wanted to do, but I said, I can't be away from my daughter anymore. Yeah. I hope I didn't upset Julie Pluck into too much. <laughs> but um, but you have to say no as a mom. It's just yeah. very, very challenging. It's
0: so. really challenging. I mean, being a mom in this business, I didn't go back to work full time until Briar was three. And it was impossible. I was in Vancouver. I brought her with me. She wasn't in school yet, but it was a two-hander. So literally like I saw my daughter mm, basically on the weekends a little, like it was awful. It was awful. It's such a hard thing to do and to make those decisions because for me, mom is number one. So that always comes first, you know? And so it's like balancing that. And the fact that you did that, maybe the back and forth Toronto. I mean, it's just,
2: I can't imagine because that wasn't just for like a month. That was a, a, Long yeah. time, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went back. I have a seven month old as well. Oh my gosh, and, I know. Um, I was huh? like, wait, you're pregnant. I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I know. I was one of those like, oh, it's That's a pandemic so... and we're pregnant. Like, yeah, <laughs> what a week, really. Um, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I have a seven month old and I had the opportunity to go uh, work for a couple of weeks, and I just have been so conditioned to think, like, I need to work, I need to work. And I can make it all work. And I just went back so quickly, you know? And I I found myself um, in a different state, just sitting in a hotel room alone, like feeling like there's like this ghost limb, like I'm separated from my baby. Mm-hmm. And who put this pressure on me? Is it like, was it this idea that if I don't go back to work, that I'll never get hired again, I'll never right. get a job. And there's a million other women lined up trying to get the job, you know, or like, do I even really want to be here? And, um, it's just, it's, it is really, really tough. It's like this idea that we're all supposed to be like able to balance it. And the reality, in my opinion, is just like, no, there's going to be days where you're at work and it sucks. And you just want to be home with your babies. And there's going to be days where you're home with your babies. And you're like, I need my sense of identity and I want to be at work. Um, which Mindy, when you were working on the OC and, you know, as someone who had a child, like, did you, Did you feel like you had a support system there or was it just because you'd worked before then? You'd worked on other series. Um, Was this just a completely different experience where you had some sort of handle on it? Well, no, I mean, uh, to be
5: perfectly honest, no, I was married to her dad and he was at home and during the OC. So there was, you know, she was. And. So, it was a perfect job. It was, you know, like I said, I wasn't working the same hours as Misha and Ben and mm-hmm. the kids. So, it was just this, be- and like you said, it could work can be a respite for domestic life. So, it was just lovely. So, but, but once the show was over, I felt that pressure. You yeah. gotta get a job, gotta get a job. And Rachel and I have talked about this on the podcast. I felt this immense pressure to get another job to maintain that lifestyle and that you know and and so the when status. i status yes and it took nikita didn't come about for a few years after that and cg came with me for the first month and because it was summertime but she was 10 and she's like mom please <laughs> i just want to go to my school she loved her school mm-hmm. and, and her friends and everything and else. her friends yeah. and everything yeah. so she stayed in la and that drive. I don't want to be ungracious or ungrateful. I loved the work. And there were times where I just loved the work. And to be honest, it's easier to not have your child in the same city yeah. on location. So right. it was easier for me to do that. But by the time I came back, I was just so wiped out that I said, I just, I, I can't, I don't want to work. And that's a dangerous thing too. But fast forward to a pandemic where that, you know, that thought process of us, we got to get a job, we got to get a job. It's been instilled in us as actors. Mm -hmm. When the whole world shuts down and we're all in this together and you can't work, oh, oh, what am I going to do with myself? Well, maybe I'm going to work on myself and become a little self-aware. And maybe I'm going to do some healing that should have been happening since I was 18. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's Mm -hmm. what this last year has been about for me. And being able to work from home with a podcast in a very gentle celebratory way is just super rewarding.
4: That's what Candace and I always talk about, how grateful we are to have this podcast because yeah. we can be pregnant, breastfeeding, all this stuff and do this at the same time. I I honestly feel really grateful with my transition from motherhood into uh, back to work. It was six weeks in and they were so understanding and lovely. And my husband would bring her to set and she would. It was just amazing. And I know not everyone has that experience. And I can imagine having feeling that pressure to do that. And she'll be too soon. And we're, you know, it's definitely one of those things where just being able to work and be a mom through a pandemic has been the biggest gift to be able to feel purposeful in both directions and feel complete. It, It really is a huge and that's what podcasting does that's what it, that's what it, you can do it from anywhere in the world we can all still have our careers in acting and be moms and everything have you guys how has this experience becoming podcasters been for you <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about, like being able to work
0: from home and still be mom and do all the things. Although my daughter had to make a special sign to put up on the door because she really loves to come in when I'm doing it. (laughs) Um, That's really cute. (laughs) Yeah. I let them make your special sign and when it's up or whatever, but it's, it's been, I feel so fortunate to be able to do that. And, you know, she went back to school the last part of the school year which was also awesome because she started kindergarten and that's a big year and she got to actually do it. And she loved it. But I just think it's been such a great experience and podcasting with Mindy and reliving mm-hmm. the OC. It's been really fun. Um, and just catching up with everybody and hearing everyone's experiences. And honestly, I'm watching the show basically for the first time because I have no memory. I literally don't remember a thing. So that's been really cool too. I'm like watching the show as an audience member, and I'm like, you no, know this is fun.
4: Have you showed yeah. your daughter the show yet? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Does no your daughter watch the show? <laughs> will you sick. guys show? Oh, will you guys show your kids the show at some point? I always say when she's thirty-five, she can watch it. When she's thirty-five,
5: yes. okay. <laughs> C.J. only watched it when she was eighteen. She she refused. Oh, she watched the Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl, Vampire Diaries before. And then she wouldn't watch The O.C. And I said, but why not? She's like, because you're kissing the young guys. I'm like, Vampire Diaries? Oh my yeah. gosh, I have to tell you this. She's obsessed with Ian. She has a pillow <laughs> with his face on it. Go to CG's TikTok. And all, all of her TikToks are the video. because She comes up to me and she says, Hey mom, what was it like to make out with Ian Somalhalder? And I won't tell her. <laughs> And she's got millions of, like, views or something. How was it, incredible. Mindy? How was it? Yeah. I,
4: <laughs> I will never tell. <laughs> I will. It was great. Yeah. yeah,
2: That is very funny. All of us had to make out with Ian somewhere yeah. on the show.
4: He was <laughs> like, or... the token. I, I feel, know. feel really bad for him. Yeah, poor guy. Poor him. Yeah. It's very <laughs> incestuous of him, too, to make out with both of us, Mindy. That's very weird. I know, right?
2: i know um, i realize like how incestuous just like the show like the <laughs> characters are within any tv series oh, yeah. by the end of it like who like yeah it, eventually i feel like everyone ends up on like all the characters end up making out with all For the sure. characters I mean, and, and, and kayla played casey
5: bolchek's friend in the van when marissa died right wait what
4: yeah Oh, she was you, in the oh, van. oh, oh, oh! Yeah, I
5: think yeah. said Caleb for a second,
0: and I was Caleb. like, I'm yeah, "Now not you're Caleb. really Caleb. wait." <laughs> is there
4: something to do with the van? What What about the van? You were in the van. Oh, right. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. 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 I'm basically my character for you because uh, you guys haven't I don't think you've gotten to season three yet. Have you? No. 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 OK, yeah. so I came in on season three when um, Marissa goes to the public school. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, not public school. <laughs> oh, no. uh, and I'm her friend in public school and Johnny's girlfriend. Who he then ends up with. Hi. Yeah. So um, anyways, I have to tell you, I was I remember auditioning and thinking and being such a fan of the show and getting the sides and just being excited to read what was going to happen. I wasn't even thinking about getting (laughs) on the show. I was just excited to like see the character (laughs) names and then being so thrilled and seeing how close you guys were. That was one of my first experiences on set, seeing the actors really being friends. With each other and being nice to each other. And in turn on Vampire Diaries, that exact same experience happened. Everyone was friends. Everyone was nice to each other. And it's not always like that. It takes a very specific group of people to create that environment. And so, you know, I think that's really testament to everyone here of what the kind of person that we all are to create an environment where everyone feels loved and accepted Mm -hmm. and excited to create together. I love that because um, that's the experience I had. So thank you for saying
5: that because sometimes you hear stories of, um, that, that it wasn't like that. And when I hear these negative stories that, uh, from our set or, or rumors or such that it wasn't like that, it doesn't, it confuses me because that's not yeah. what I experienced.
0: My, um, yeah, me either. I mean, we all really. Had a good time. I mean, obviously I dated my co star, so I liked him a little bit, but
4: <laughs> um, no, a but lot no. of that happened on the vampire diaries too. Don't even like oh, everyone yeah. dated everyone. I don't know what you're talking party. about, Kayla. I yeah. don't know what you're I talking about. I wanna know still
2: so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't date anybody. What? No, <laughs> no, never. My poor husband did <laughs> 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 like right? don't listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: well also, um Paul was on our show, too. Oh, right. Yes, you're right. A lot of crossovers.
2: I know. Happening here. Many crossovers. Okay, well, we've talked a lot about... Well, well, first of all, you guys have... I wrote it down. 92 episodes to go through. Oh, yeah you like, and so I'm very excited Mm -hmm. that everyone gets to kind of relive all of these episodes. Do you feel coming off of the pandemic, everyone is kind of getting back out and about again, everything is opening up. Uh, Do you find that people are coming up to you more often talking about the OC and people maybe revisited it during the pandemic? I feel like it was such a year for people gravitating towards comfort shows they'd already seen or shows that they knew that they hadn't watched yet. Have you felt that? I definitely know a lot of people have said that
0: they rewatched the OC during the pandemic. Um, I haven't been out enough to experience people actually like coming up right. and being like, I just watched the OC because I still don't really leave my house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I know a lot of people, whether it's on Instagram or wherever you see it, or like, we rewatched the show during the pandemic was the show to do. Or at least for a day.
5: (laughs) I think a lot of people have been discovering it because of pandemic. I know that, you know, we had a, we didn't have that many new shows happening. And so people started rewatching. But uh, last week I got a DM from my next door neighbor who said, (laughs) who said, Hey, it's me, your next door neighbor. (laughs) I just started watching the show and I realized just, I mean, he's like, it's me, the one with the five kids next door. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, he just randomly started watching it. And he said, I didn't realize it was you. So yes, there are people all over just <laughs> discovering shows. That, the, is the show that is hilarious. <laughs> right. All
0: over or right next door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we've talked a lot about how the show started and that initial trajectory into fame and its placement in pop culture at the time. But I want to also talk about how it ended mm-hmm. um, when the Vampire Diaries was ending. It was a really emotional time. Mm-hmm. I And we, we there were a lot of really special moments that we made happen um, together collectively as a cast and then also as a cast and crew Um, Do you guys have memories of the last days of filming or was there something that um, like a a dinner or, you know, have you guys, you know, was there a delayed dinner of all coming together or did it kind of just end?
5: Did we have a wrap party or anything, Mindy? We
2: had wrap parties every
5: year, but I'm sure we did. I I honestly. Look, I'll be honest. I kind of felt like at the end it was a balloon. (laughs) You know, it wasn't. I, I don't know it felt it felt kind of short I think we only got picked up for 16 episodes I guess there apparently it had been questionable even if we were going to have that fourth season oh
0: wow and
5: the there was a lot of things that changed over the over this um four years that the show was on the different time slots the different heads mm-hmm. of the network and the ratings were going down the death of marissa there were just so many things in there that if you went in with a a, i don't even know if this is a term a forensic journalist like what happened to this hyper hyper successful cultural phenomenon that it ended the way it ended um although i do believe and i do believe josh believes it ended on a very high creative note that fourth season everyone was quite proud of so i think it was time to move on but i don't I remember feeling pretty melancholy and bummed that the show wouldn't continue. And I know that Peter and Kelly and I've all had that conversation that we would have loved for it to, to, to um, continue. And I don't remember, you know, I do remember we did have a dinner. I'm just, sorry. But I don't remember uh, being, in a as 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 a love as a love fest that you know i don't know i don't think i was
0: i mean i was working on a movie while Uh, we were finishing the season like i was flying back from toronto doing both at the same time i think i was probably gone when it ended um
5: i don't remember going out with a big bang i remember
0: Mm. um no, it was, it was like a deflated balloon, like Adam and I had broken up and like, it was all kind of like happening at the same time and then doing other things. And I think there were just a lot of distractions at the time. So it wasn't like, you know, coming together to celebrate. It doesn't, right. it doesn't I don't think it was that.
5: So on that note. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute.
2: back i mean it sounds like you both had a huge support system um that and and also great guidance that you grew up with that served you so well um on a show like the oc i also you know i know that we've been talking forever but i still really want to ask a little bit if you're comfortable rachel talking about um i read in, in an interview where you had mentioned that you had been in a really scary car crash when you were a teenager. Uh And, and it really gave you a perspective even on a show like uh, the OC where all of a sudden every red carpet, every club rope would be open to you where you really enjoyed the opportunity just to stay home because you'd had Mm -hmm. this really big experience in your life already. And that it was a big part of shaping your teenage experience.
0: Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was 14 when I was in the car accident. And I definitely was hanging out with people you any mom would not want their daughter with, you know, and, but for me, like that happened. And then it kind of sent me into another way. And I went to a private high school, and I did the acting and the whatever. And, but, but being in Los Angeles, even then, in in my teenage years, or whatever, I did all the things that the people were doing once the show started, like the clubs and this and that. So I definitely had that experience before. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with me, you know, not falling out of the limos and all of the other stuff that was kind of being uh, documented by paparazzi. And, but for me, all the things in my life that led to that definitely influenced kind of how I, I took the, the success of the show, but the work and my dad being in the business and he would always say like, do your job and do it well. Cause like to him, it's like, this is your job, you know? And so I always had that kind of professionalism ingrained in me and what great and, advice. Yeah, no, it was so simple, but like, you right. know, his dad, my great grandparents, they were all in the business. So it was literally like, this is the business. This is your job. You show up for it and you do a good job, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And that was really helpful. But yeah, all those things. You know, the car accident definitely attributes to my memory loss that Mindy can speak to. That's like kind of amazing. I remember nothing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it all shaped kind of the path and who I am and who I
5: became. I remember that, Rachel. I remember being out with you and Leah at one point and saying we were discussing something. And I remember you, you saying, yeah, we were kind of wild in high school years we're not now. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and you're 21. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
0: It definitely seems backwards, but we started early, got it all (laughs) out of my system. (laughs) Thankfully. Yeah. So it was definitely,
5: I think, yeah, all of these things, there's, there's, I don't think there's any right or wrong in life. If we can look back and say, okay, I made that choice. I made that decision. This is my responsibility and how am I I going to learn and grow from it? Mm. And that's what we get to do. That's what just life is all about. Mm. I don't think it's healthy to live in blame of something Mm. to kind of put a cap on that. No. Yeah, Yeah. that's
4: great. I I feel like since the friends reunion, there's been so many talks of reunions and people listening would definitely... They want us to ask, and I want to ask, do you guys feel like after you've started to rewatch all these episodes and you've talked with your co-stars about them and you're discussing it, is there hope for a reunion at any point on screen or off? I think off is the more likely
0: (laughs) thing that'll happen. We've all talked and we all want to get together. So we definitely are going to try to
4: plan for that. Some post-pandemic something.
5: People talk about a reboot and what's interesting having the opportunity to talk to so many different people like you guys reconnecting. There's a lot of people who've said, I don't want you to do a reboot. I want the show to stay as it is. I don't want it to change or, or whatnot. So if there were to be some kind of reunion, the way friends did it, that seems a little bit more plausible, but yes, the, the dinner at Camp Gallagher. Or the weekend mm-hmm. at Camp Gallagher is probably what will end up happening.
2: Yes, <laughs> I hope so. That's what I would <laughs> like. Right. Um, what is something that you would tell your your younger selves oh. your your piece <laughs> of advice, like day one filming the pilot that you could just like you know have a little whisper to your younger self? What would you tell them?
0: hang up your clothes when you wrap. Oh.
2: <laughs> yes. I became such good friends with our wardrobe <laughs> department. And I remember being like out drinking with one of them. And she was just like, Hey, no one wants to hang up their clothes. I, I always like, have. Oh, that's though. a thing.
0: No, I'm I, very, uh, I'm too considerate, you know, like I'll be like, no, <laughs> let like our makeup artist, Cindy be like, let her go home. Don't have her wait to take off your makeup. Like, thank you. Go home yeah. too, oh you my know? gosh.
5: <laughs> I have a story about that. I did it. Um, I did it the victory podcast. And we were talking about how it's really important to have your room at least decent or hung up because, and then I got a a comment from a teamster who said, thank you for saying that because we're the last ones. And if the room is a mess, he said that it said something about, I once knew a teamster who was so frustrated with the actor that he took that actor's toothbrush and cleaned the toilet with it but I don't
1: blame <laughs> yeah, them. Wow, amazing. But I also would
5: say, enjoy the journey, stay in the moment and don't wait for the world to get better to choose to be happy
3: because Aww.
5: living in the future and what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Yeah. It can be a toxic narrative in, in your brain that just takes over instead of just enjoying what's in front of you.
0: Love that. Always count on Mindy for the strong <laughs> words of it. Well, I've
5: been working on it.
2: <sighs> I, trust
5: me, because I've always been that person. And I was listening to your podcast, the the life coach, and it's something that I live by: is that people are always either in fear or love. And and if if I'm ever ill at ease, or then I have to think about like, what am I acting in right now? What is it? I'm a fear of the future, you know, sadness of the past, or whatever's going. I have to stay focused on what's in the
4: moment and right now yeah. i get to talk to you ladies Yay. Yeah. yeah melinda i have one one more question for you before we you know start to end this awesome ride of nostalgia um yeah. would you choose a saint john wearing suburban mom or a succubist vampire <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, two completely opposite characters, which attests to what a wonderful actor you are.
5: Oh, my gosh. The succubus was OK. So my character on Vampire Diaries was written to be a succubus, which is a woman who kills by that. it's It's um but, she's like, a inhaling. Female de- she's a female demon who, or at least at least um, the way it was written, the vampire dart, she'd make out with this man and basically suck the life out of him and kill him. (laughs) And I remember getting a call from Julie and they they said, it's too soon. We're too early in the series. We're not going to make you a succubus and
4: um but they shot we shot scenes oh wait did you end up not doing that storyline no we
5: we did we shot some scenes and i think it was going to develop but for some reason they decided to cut the succubus part right okay Okay. i don't think there was enough supernatural in this on the show quite yet Mm -hmm. and then yeah so uh but the saint john (laughs) <laughs> now, how about a combination of a succubus yes, and St. John's. Wearing St. John's. I, I would
2: watch that show I am all for it <laughs> Me <a> too. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much um, you. can you tell our listeners where you're at on social media we'll have um, all the links to your podcast in the show notes as well at the, the
5: Melinda Clark you are at Rachel Wilson yeah that's Instagram. true and we are Um, Welcome to the OC Bitches is wherever
4: you listen to podcasts, right?
5: (laughs) And on YouTube. (laughs) We're also on YouTube, so you can watch it. Yes.
4: Yes. Love it. Thank you guys so much for joining us and taking us down this road of nostalgia. It was so fun. So fun to see you both and just kind of go on this crazy journey. And we love your podcast and we can't wait to see where it goes. And welcome to the podcasting world.
0: Thank you so much. And thanks for having us. This was super
4: fun. Okay, Candice, I have a, I have a really funny story of one of while shooting the OC that I think I've told you before that I'll tell on this podcast. My character had a steamy makeout scene, and it was one of the first times I was in in a physically in a bed with my shirt off, bra on. Let's specify, um, with an actor by the name of Cam Jagande who is also very attractive, very easy on the eyes. Um, and so I was really excited, honestly, for it. And so we are in, the whole idea is that we're in this bed having a little makeout session and Misha Barton is supposed to walk in the door and basically we stop making out. Well, mm-hmm, like she catches you. She catches us in the act, whatever. So our key, our sound cue is the doorknob turning, right? So we are rehearsing it and okay, whatever. All right. Then we do the first take. And I remember like being in the bed and kissing and then kissing and thinking in my head, this is going on for so long. They must be <laughs> resetting the camera. Maybe they're remarking someone like, okay. And, and I am young and this is, you know, a newer... Sh- experience for me to be on set and i just didn't want to mess anything up so i just Mm -hmm. kept kept kissing and kept kissing and a few minutes in finally both of us stop and we just like look up and everyone in the cast is just sitting there watching us and the director goes are you done and apparently misha had kept had walked in done the doorknob and then they were like oh we just reset and then she walked in again shook the doorknob reset we just couldn't hear and so there was no communication and apparently you know they just you were just so committed to the work so committed to the work
2: very highly attractive actor you were working with and having to make out with him at all not at all as a young college girl no 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 no, no. no it was just
4: you were there to do a to do your job To get paid and do a very, very good, (laughs) specific job. I mean, it, it, yeah, our job sometimes, it never ceases to amaze me what we do on a day to day basis. Do you have any (laughs) funny, awkward, (laughs) uncomfortable stories like that on set? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. It's always, you
2: know, I feel like kissing scenes, especially, but it's just different when you're young. I think like when you don't know anyone, um, like, and when I say young, I mean that college age. You know what I mean? Like that is, I feel like, They're a little bit more... um, I felt more comfortable, obviously, being in my early 20s, knowing that I would have, like, kissing scenes and sex scenes. Um, But uh, it got progressively weirder for the show. Like, I think when, you know, it's a bunch of actors and they don't really know each other that well, it's like, oh, okay. But when it becomes, like... (laughs) Hey, I've known you for years and you're like my brother and now we got to make out and roll around in a <laughs> bed together. This is going to get real weird. Um it's uncomfortable. It's so weird. I mean, I remember yeah, there was a time when Trevino That's who I thought you were talking my about. characters. Yeah, like I mean, Caroline made out with and like dated everyone in the show. So I not, think Candace, as, yes, not me, just <laughs> Caroline. Um, but so uh, but by the time it got to Trevino, I was like, oh, gosh, like we both looked at each other and we're like, this is just going to be weird. And we actually we were both dating other people at the time and we were supposed to go on a double date that night. And then we were like, okay, we got to make out real fast because our dinner reservation is at seven for this double date. And you know, you just find yourself in very bizarre circumstances. Since
4: day one too, you two had such a brotherly, sisterly vibe yeah. that yeah. I that I feel like of any combination that seems the most odd outside of the show. Like I know he loves me and I
2: love him, but we both, I know if he was here, he would agree. Like it's just a weird experience. Like there, there was, that was just weird. Um, <laughs> um but i still i think you've had like such great makeouts in your career and you know who my number one jealousy one is still john stamos like, yes <laughs>
4: Yes, Mel's Mel's mouth is (laughs) wide open. You know what I'm talking about, Mel. She made out with John Stamos at work. I did. And I have to tell you, it was on his, it was a sitcom, a Fox sitcom that lasted for a season called Grandfathered. And I really went for it with John Stamos. And it was right before I got married, too. So I took out a lot of aggression and everything out on him. And um I have to say it was everything I wanted it to be. And that yeah. is the one make out that Tanner is the most jealous of as well.
2: Yeah. Well, I get it. Of course. I get it. It's, it's hard famous. sometimes in these moments to like be okay with that happened. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, maybe my day will come. Who knows? Still <gasps> I feel like you time. have a
4: great share of I, I always thought. I always had such a huge crush on Matt Davis and thought he was like the most attractive. He reminds me of Harrison Ford, which growing up, I always had a thing for Harrison Ford. So I that to me is like my I, I'm a little bit like, oh, Candace got to do that. All right. Well, no, cool. we never. So oh, we never made out on the show. No,
2: but I did oh. carry his witch twin babies. Right, were, so I they thought they were you, implanted oh, from his copy. that. His, <laughs> yes, yes. But so I gave birth to him and his wife's witch babies mm-hmm. through the spell. Um, Got and we it. then I thought, were like I thought, married and dated. I know, but we okay. but we ended up, but even though our characters were linked, like they were like together, okay. living together on the show, we never had to make out on the show. Wow. I know, but our characters were together. So Caroline really was like with like she first it was Damon, and then it was Tyler. No, and um Matt Donovan. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler, and then uh Klaus? Stefan and Klaus. Stephen. And then married to Alaric. Wow. Or or with Alaric. I don't know. I'm sure the fandom's going to be very upset. I, were you I married? For the record. No, I don't think I was. Because it ended with the wedding. Um, So maybe, but they were just like cohabitating and co-parenting. You, you yeah. know, co-parenting your, right. your vampire witch twins that, you know, with your
4: old history teacher as a vampire, you know just normal normal i can't wait to see all the comments on all of this because you know there are people who have different theories i know i'm sorry fandom i'm really really sorry i do my best one day maybe
2: there'll be a a vampire diaries rewatch, and then i will have a better memory of what actually occurred if it all blends in but uh (laughs) but this is so fun and i love that um coming off of a year like 2020 which i know i say a lot but it's true i found so much comfort in watching Old series and things that, you know, and even listening to music from my teenage and early 20 years. And I feel like everyone's rewatching um, shows that they really appreciate. So it's so fun to be able to rewatch something and listen to the actors and creators' experience while rewatching right. it. So, Rachel, Melinda, your podcast is awesome. Again, listeners, if you want to listen to it, the podcast is called Welcome to the OC Bitches. You can listen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much and we'll have an all new episode of Directionally Challenged waiting for you next week.
4: Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer Melissa Demonts, edited by Katrina Henning, post production sound
2: by Chris Henry, music by Joe King, and advertising partnership with Acast.